0: Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Hello, passing shotters, and welcome to the latest episode of your tennis catch-up podcast. I'm Joel. And I'm Kim. And this week, we'll be rounding up the latest results from the ATP and WTA Tour, including the Shanghai Masters and the race to the Singapore finals for the women.
1: We'll also be talking about Carl Edmonds' first ATP trophy, as well as Katie Balter breaking the top 100.
0: And in Gossip Alley, on the social media grapevine, we'll be having a look at the latest coaching developments on the women's side, including Britain's Johanna Conter and Angelique Kerber.
1: And we've also got the latest on Wimbledon with their announcement of final set tiebreaks tie breaks being introduced from 2019.
0: And once again, for scoreboard stories, my favourite segment will be digging in to the ITF futures circuit uh, for a crazy statistic I found uh, from a match.
1: I cannot wait for that one this week, Joel. <laughs> I'm really intrigued to see what you've got in store and, you know, where you've managed to find this week's bizarre uh, statistic from. Um, I think we also need to just put in a bit of an apology for last week uh, where our audio quality was less than desirable.
0: Yeah, we, yeah, we want to apologise to all of our listeners, uh, for who, anyone who listened to our podcast last week and was hearing some, well, not hearing me speak when I was trying to speak. Um, hopefully we've rectified the situation this week and you'll be able to hear us both crystal clear.
1: But yeah, thank you for everyone for sticking with us. We do really appreciate it. Um, Anyone who's listened from the very start, a big shout out to you. And thank you for your support. Um, So shall we begin for this week? So much has happened in the last two weeks.
0: Yeah, uh, let's start. Yeah, let's start with the men. Uh, Obviously, Shanghai Masters uh, was last week. Novak Djokovic continuing his great run of form. His comeback uh, beat Borna Koric, Choric, not sure. Kim, any thoughts on that? I don't know. I
1: think it's Koric okay. For any Croatian fans, please correct us. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, so Novak Djokovic beat Borna Koric in the final. Um, it takes his, that was his record fourth title um, at uh, Shanghai. 32nd uh, overall Masters title and guarantees him the number two ranking uh, for the season
1: yeah uh, probably gonna finish as number one if he carries on going the way he has been um yeah he was pretty dominant wasn't he didn't drop serve all week uh so it's forty seven service games without dropping his serve and um yeah pretty pretty damn dominant he's his record in China is actually pretty amazing so since two thousand and nine he's how many ma match- do you want to tell me how many matches <laughs> he's lost in china joel uh across Beijing and Shanghai yeah
0: so he's lost four, in the
1: last nine years. Yeah,
0: he's lost four matches, um, and it's really interesting actually to look at the people who've actually beaten him in Asia. You've got a really odd, you've got an odd mix. You've got an odd group there. You've got uh, <laughs> you've got Davidenko in two thousand nine. Ah, oh,
1: Davidenko, blast <laughs>
0: from the past. Blast from the past. Uh, Federer in two thousand ten and two thousand fourteen, as well as Batista Agut in uh, two thousand sixteen as well. Um, it's quite a
1: random collection, yeah. but also he would have lost in the Beijing Olympics in 2008, I think, against Rafa. So, I guess that statistic is just ATP tournament. Well, well, Kim, yeah, he's if very if, very dominant.
0: Kim, if there was one person who was going to know that statistic, that would have been you, massive Rafa <laughs> fan. I know, I knew you were gonna you were gonna come out there and 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 uh, yeah, give yeah. give me some Nadal perspective. Um,
1: I still remember this awful like overhead smash that Novak hit um, in that. I think it was the semi-final of the Olympics. But anyway, it still remains in my memory. Um, but yeah, his, he's he's 29-0 and 0 in in Beijing and ATP level 31-4 mm. in Shanghai. So was anyone else really going to win this tournament but Novak? Um, but anyway, enough of Novak, um, as great as he has been. Borna Koric was pretty uh, on fire mm. that week. He beat Federer in the semi. And then before that, he also beat Del Potro and Stan the Man. So really, really good week for Borna Koric.
0: Yeah, he um, obviously kind of was part of that kind of up and coming next gen, you know, 21 years old. Um, he, he's almost, I think, almost got like Federer's number at the moment because he beat him um, in the final of the Jerry Webber Open in June. Mm. Um, and yeah, beat him again in, in the semifinals. And I think, you know, a lot of people after that result uh, were taking perspective um, on Federer's season and looking at his results and there was a really interesting statistic that came out of it and it was Federer versus the top ten, comparing this season to last season. And last season, Federer against the top ten was win loss ratio was fourteen and two. And this season he is two and three. So a big difference there, um, you know, between yeah. between the seasons.
1: Yeah, I mean he hasn't played as many matches against the top ten, but yeah, he's got a losing record as it stands. So yeah, he's not particularly been that convincing, has he? I don't know what is going on in the Federer camp, maybe. Um, but uh, we will see what goes on um, in Paris in the World Tour Finals. I don't know if Federer normally plays Paris. Um, he'll be playing Basel, I assume, mm. as it's his home tournament. So um, if he doesn't you know, do well there, might be a bit, a bit worrying for Fed fans. But um, we also have Alex Vero, who has confirmed his place at the World Tour Finals by reaching the semis in Shanghai. So um, we shall see if he might, I don't know, make more of a breakthrough uh, in London. Mm. Uh, But it'd be exciting to see him there. Um,
0: What was quite funny, actually, was um, in one of his press conferences, um, I think a journalist asked why um, Ivan Lendl wasn't in his his coaching corner. And he, he said he plays too much golf. Um, and he was actually he's back. he was back in the States, I think. But um,
1: uh, yeah, priorities.
0: <laughs> exactly. Priorities. So, uh, yeah, but it's very obviously very consistent season um, getting to semi-finals yet yeah, now into the uh, World Tour finals as well.
1: Mm. So should we stay? Uh, should we do chronological order and stay with the tournaments from not the week just gone, but the week before? Yeah, we're doing like a, a fortnightly roundup. So we had a WTA tournament in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, so Yastremska from the Ukraine um, defeated Kwang Wang. Again, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly.
0: Well, you should because we've been talking about her like every because every episode yeah, it seems because she's, she has I know, been... and
1: I. <laughs> I really am sorry to Chinese fans and any Kwang Wang fans because I really don't think I'm pronouncing that correctly and. She's been on fire in the last year. Yeah.
0: Like, you could I mean you could argue, you look at her form post uh post US Open, she's probably perhaps the most informed player on the yeah. on the tour. Um she's gone twenty and three following the US Open. Um she won her second career title at Guang, Guangzhou, reached semis at Wuhan and Beijing. Um and yeah, she's beaten uh, you know top players along the way, including Ostapenko um and Pliskova as well. So, you know, she's very one of the informed players at the moment, got to the final. Um and I think, you know, if you look at that score line, 6 jump 6 one, six two, six one, and you know, given the amount of activity uh Wang has kind of played over the last kind of few weeks, it, it almost doesn't really surprise me. Maybe there was a bit of tiredness mm. there. Um, you know, on, you yeah, know, she court. had a close
1: match against Muguruza as well in the semis. So I think, yeah, in the final, she probably just came up against Estremskaya, who I think was, you know, playing really well. Really mm. well. Um, she actually got her first title. Yeah,
0: I mean, she's so, uh, um, she's another. Up and, coming, up and coming, eighteen years yeah. old Ukrainian. So I'm sure oh, wow. we're gonna. We, that's not gonna be the last, last. You know, the last we hear we'll of, her. of
1: her. Um, yeah, but Kwang Kwang Wang, or um, she was ranked 78 in July, and she's now 23 in the world. So that is some some doing. So yeah, we have to give credit to her. She has had an insane run of form of late. Um, but that week we also had WTA tournament in Linz. So we had Camilla Georgie getting her second career title. Um she beat Ekaterina Alexandrova um in straight sets to win that. Um so Georgie I like watching Georgie. She's a really like fiery, fierce player. She just kind of goes all out. Um so really pleased to see her uh, winning her first title in a long time. Yeah.
0: I mean, it sounds like I mean, I know the the stereotype of Camilla Georgie is double faults. The number of double <laughs> faults that she like she serves in a season, it's like you know those WTA statistics on like, you know, most double faults in the season. It's like Camilla Georgie always like out in front by like a good, you know, fifty double yeah. faults or whatever. But it looks <laughs> like that she might win. have yeah, she might have obviously tightened that aspect of her game and you know it's you know, she's obviously, you know, putting the, the hard work in and yeah, picking up her uh, second career title.
1: Yeah, her, her her dad, I think, is her coach, isn't he? And he's got yeah. amazing hair. So he's always quite recognisable whenever I watch her matches. They're always, you know, the camera's always on him. And I'm always like, like oh, yeah, Georgie's dad. Um, yeah, so she she should be... Well, she should hopefully be seeded uh, for AO, her ranking. Uh, she's going to go up to a new career high ranking. Or mm-hmm. she would have done uh, by now. So, um, yeah, good on her. And Alexandrova, she's actually gone... Back into the top, top 100, 100 by reaching the final. So, um, yeah. Um, but I'm really pleased about what happened in Tanjin because um, mm-hmm. Caroline Garcia won her first title of the year. So she's one of my favourite players. And this year she just hasn't quite captured uh, the form of 2017. You know? Do you know but what it was? She.
0: Do you know what it was, Kim? It was the pressure what, what of Andy it? Murray's <laughs> tweets back in Whenever, oh, I know. whenever just it was. It's ruined her career, it's just isn't just kind of put all that expectation on her. And she literally plays on that on, you know, in her mind every game.
1: I know. She just <laughs> thinks about well, Andy Murray when she wakes up. I've got to be future world number one. <laughs> I think that was back in like, was it 2007 when she played Jaropova yeah. at the French Open? Um, but yeah, she beat Pliskova in the final of the Tianjin Open. Um, so that was, her, yeah, Caro's first single title of the season. Because um, last year in China, she had like a really good run of form and she won Wuhan, in Beijing.
0: Yeah, because I really...
1: into the WTA finals. I bit.
0: remember it was... Do you remember there was like that battle between like Garcia and Conta? Because Conta mm. was like, like almost like loads of points ahead, you know, going, you know, thinking about getting into the um, Singapore finals. And yeah, Garcia went on like a really crazy <laughs> good run of form yeah. and actually against... You know, against all odds, yeah, um, pipped uh, conta to I think it might even been the la- you know, the last spot um yeah,
1: for the, close, the sing for
0: Singapore. But um yeah.
1: But no, it's great. Well done, uh, Garcia. I hope she can, you know I really I just I really enjoy watching her play, so I'm really pleased that she managed to get that one. Mm-hmm. Um so on to this week. So we had Moscow, we had a joint WTA and ATP tournament in Moscow. So um actually we had two Russian winners. In Moscow, so great for the home fans. So, Daria Kazakina, uh, she won um, the final against Ons Yabor. If I'm Cra- saying that yeah. correctly. Crazy story. Yeah, Crazy Yabor.
0: story. Ons Yabor, never heard of her, came through qualifying, got to the, got to the final and created a history in the process. Um, she has become the highest ranked North African player ever to reach a tour final.
1: Do you know which North African country she's from, Joel?
0: Not at all. I'm sure you're going to tell me I that. don't I'm, even know. I'm sure, me, I'm sure you're going to tell uh, me, King. I'm sure w- you're going to tell me,
1: Will you know where it is on the map? I'm <laughs> like, where is it you didn't know it was Uzbekistan. Uzbekistan. You didn't know where Uzbekistan was. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Onsia Boy is from Tunisia. But again, if I'm wrong, please someone correct us. Um, but yeah, that's amazing that she she's the first North African player to reach a tour final. So um, although she didn't win, but she... Um, yeah, at career-high ranking. Um, but Kazakina has now moved up to number 10 in the world after her victory. And a stat I saw is that she is the fourth player born in 1997 to have now entered the top 10. So we had uh, Bencic, who entered the top 10 in 2016, mm-hmm. Ostepenko last year, and then Osaka, obviously, this year. So um, the youngsters in the women's game, obviously, doing a bit better than maybe the youngsters in the men's game. Mm. Um, but anyway, on the men's side, Inhad kind of winning that one against Manorino. That was a pretty sort of straightforward victory um, today for him. Um, I mean, Moscow was kind of yeah, all Russian winners. I think the real excitement that's happened this weekend has been out in Antwerp
0: mm. for
1: uh, British fans. So um, we had Carl Edmund, didn't we, today winning his first ever. ATP title,
0: yeah, very exciting.
1: Exciting, um, uh, really, really pleased with that. um He beat Monfils in a last set tiebreak.
0: That must have been a great match. That, I mean, it's on looking at the score, looking at the result on paper, that sounded like a really fun, fun match to watch. Obviously, you know what you're going to get with Monfils, but then you've got the added element that it was obviously Carl Edmund's first. Oh no, sorry, it was his. I think it was his second, um, his second ATP level final.
1: Final, yeah. yeah. First title. I am so just so he lost he's earlier. Made that break
0: he lost earlier this year, did didn't he? I think in um, I,
1: was it Morocco or something? Yeah, like that? I
0: think it was Morocco. Yeah. Did lose? It might even been like someone like And Andujar, maybe. Um,
1: someone kind of that he probably should have beaten. Exactly. Or at least would probably beat now. Um, what was that this year? Was it last year? I feel like it might have been last year. British tennis fans please tweet us and (laughs) correct us (laughs) we're not the fonts of all knowledge um but yeah I'm so pleased I was like live scoring it um as um I was out today so I was like yes when I saw saw the score change um so good for Kyle really really pleased with that um he deserves it after his great great year yeah
0: and also Um, I saw um early earlier in the tournament um uh, it was great to see Joe Songa back on court as well. Um, mm. I think he faced, he came up against Monfils. Uh He won a match, and yeah, came up against monfis But yeah, good to see, good to see, uh, good to see him back on court.
1: Yeah, no, he's uh, always a good, fun player to watch, isn't he, Joe? So, mm. yeah, I mean, we do have Brits, uh, Brit stuff to talk about from Antwerp and also Moscow, but we'll cover that in a bit on Brits on tour. Yeah. Um, so what else do we have going on this week? Stockholm. Uh, so, another sort of, um, we had, what was it, Bernard Tomic won a tournament, didn't he, like, a few weeks yeah. ago? And then this week, I, I thought Ernest Galvis was going to win a tournament as well. As a qualifier, now yeah. ranked 145 I in know, the world, you and know, got to he the just, final.
0: It's almost like he <laughs> wanted a challenge, so it's like, okay, I'll just get, you know, I'll just drift off into obscurity, go down to, like, yeah. you know, outside the top 150, and then, yeah, bang, came through qualifying, uh, yeah, and got and got to the final in Stockholm.
1: Yeah, he beat Isna, Jack Sock, Denis Shapovalov along the way. So, I mean, names, you know, that well yeah, I mean Gorbis was obviously a real top well, not real top player, but you know Capable really on up, his wasn't day. He.
0: Capable on his a day. A few
1: years ago and, you know, could have done lots of nice, promising things. But um this was his first final in four years. Um and actually it's the first time he's lost a final, I do believe. I think he has a, a 6-0 six and 0 record. Record in finals, which is amazing. Um, but anyway, enough of Goolbit. He he actually <laughs> lost to Stefanos Tsitsipas in the final, so Tsitsipas has got his first title. Um, yeah. deeply.
0: and that is so... you know he's having a you know he's having an excellent an excellent season. Mm-hmm. I remember watching him against uh, Shapovalov in in the Australian Open um, and thinking. You know, the these two are going to have a really good season, and I almost think we're getting to a point where, you know, there's an argument actually. Sissy passes, is is he having a better a better season than Shapovalov?
1: I would say this year. I think Shapovalov hasn't quite, I don't know, built on the form of late end of last year because he did well at the US, didn't he, Shapovalov Mm. last year? Yeah, I think I would say he has
0: yeah so that was in uh and that was in uh Stockholm and then uh we also have uh another tournament we had Luxembourg WTA event um and we had Gerges Bencic in the final
1: Mhm. yeah so Gerges won that one straight sets she's having pretty good run of form at the moment um what I thought was interesting was Eugenie Bouchard yeah. got to the semis of that tournament.
0: No, Almost um, a, a Gulbis-like she... figure in the in the WTA <laughs> world. Yeah. Um... yeah,
1: she was a qualifier, wasn't she? And she's now 108 in the world at the moment. Um, so she's had to fight her way through to get to that. I mean, I, I wonder if she will make it back up, you know, to the top of the game. Because mm. she's had a really rotten run of form, isn't she, since well since she reached that Wimbledon final, really.
0: I wonder whether, you know it's just almost like a shame that like she's finding this form at the at the end of the season. Mm. Um but yeah, it's great to kind of see her hit um you know, go deep in, you know, WTA level events and yeah, maybe she's, you know, on the you know on the path back up, back up the rankings. Um and we I guess we'll find out and see how far back up she can go. Um, you know we know that she got to the you know she got to that Wimbledon ladies final um, you know a few few years ago and that kind of put her name you know on the map and you know I guess a few you know the years have passed since then and she's not really reached the levels of expectation I think was set on her Um, but now maybe with that pressure off she's kind of you know ready to kind of scratch and claw her way back um up you know up the rankings
1: yeah let's let's see how she does i just feel like so much expectation is always put on players and it's just really i mean i wouldn't want to deal with it would you it's just it's so difficult isn't it for them to kind of have to cope with all of that um so it's it's easy to see why they they do kind of have that slump Mm. i think it happens to the best of them really um but yeah did you have anything else you wanted to Yeah, well, I was just I was just going to add
0: that, you know, now I know the ATP side, the World Tour Finals is still a few kind of few weeks away. um, But that uh, was kind of almost like the last I don't obviously it's not the last round of WTA events for the season. You've got these got these kind of rogue events coming up after the (laughs) Tour Finals which I'm still not sure about, like, what what is going on there. But um, in terms of the Singapore field, um, after those rounds of tournaments, the the top eight was set. Um, So we had... uh, Well, actually, I guess a bit of news there was actually Simona Halep. So... Simola Halep was I think she she got an injury to her back I think.
1: Yeah, um, she has a herniated disc um and so is, she's out for the rest of the season.
0: But oddly she I think she was set to play in Moscow but then withdrew. Um it was a bit like back and forth is she isn't she? Uh but yeah, mm. she pulled out and then she called she called quits on her season so she's not in um well she did go to Singapore but she's not going to be there to play. Um, no. So the field uh, is you've got Wozniacki, um with uh, Pliskova um, and Kvitova, as well as Alina Svit- Svitolina uh, in one group. And then in the other group, you have the Wimbledon champion Angelique Kerber, um, along with Kiki Bertens, who I think took the place of Simona Halep. Yes along with Naomi Osaka and Sloane Stephens, who are both uh, debutantes at the Tour Finals.
1: Yeah, because obviously Serena um, didn't manage to qualify. She, obviously, she hasn't played enough um, to have reached the uh, necessary mm-hmm. requirements. Um who is your money on then for this tournament? Should we uh, oh, go all out? And predict? Yeah,
0: I mean uh, any predictions we make him they're probably going to go Terrible. Out in the They're probably yeah. going to go out in the group stages, but let's do it anyway. Um I think <laughs> overall winner I think you going I think I'm going to have to go with Osaka. I think Ooh, okay. Um, I just think yeah, she's uh you know she's 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 been very she's I think she's say consistently good post US Open. Um, and yeah. I think that, yeah, I just think that on a tennis court, I think she's just going to blow most of her kind of people, people around her away.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking Wozniacki in my head just because she won, a, you know, she won that tournament she, very recently. Mm-hmm. But then I've actually seen that she lost in straight sets to Pliskova today. <laughs> so I'm going to go for Plushkaver, Um because she's also had a fairly good run of form of late. She won a tournament, got to the front of Tianjin. Um, so I'm going to go for Pliskova, but I think really oh. Kerber could very easily do it. Burton's... Yeah. it's quite. A,
0: Burton's? I think it's quite a good field it's actually. Good, you know, like... I think
1: it's a good field. Yeah. Um,
0: um, and interestingly, no, I I didn't know this, but it's the last time the WTA Finals will be in Singapore.
1: Yeah, um, they're going to Shenzhen next year.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I don't um, know. I mean, again, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what like the kind of the reason for, for that is, but um, yeah, hopefully they can yeah. kind of go out on a bang and um, produce some really kind of memorable, memorable matches.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, right. So shall we talk about the British tennis players that have done
0: pretty yeah.
1: well over the last yeah, few Yeah,
0: we've weeks? had a few. Yeah, some we've had some really I think we've had some really good performances on court over the last couple of weeks.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we've mentioned Kyle Edmund, obviously, um, winning his first title. Exactly. So, well done, Kyle. But also, in Antwerp, we had Cam Norrie. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a really tight match against Diego Schwartzmann in the second round. Just lost 7-5 in the third. So, just a bit of a mention to Cam there for, uh, you know, having a fairly good match. And, uh, yeah, he de- he's as definitely as showing... competing. competing, yeah. you know, with top players he's
0: definitely showing that he he belongs um on the atp on the atp circuit um and it's great to see him you know battling with players who you know maybe have more experience than him but showing that on a court and on his day he can he can push them to the limit
1: absolutely Uh, um
0: going back actually uh in shanghai in the doubles uh we had jamie murray uh reach his Reached the reach the final there uh with his doubles partner bruno suarez yeah Um, and they've
1: now qualified for the world tour finals haven't they um for the third straight year so as a result of getting to the final there
0: yeah which is great for great for british fans because obviously you know andy's not going to be there carl edmund at a stretch maybe Mm -hmm. maybe might be there but it will be great, you know, it's obviously great to have at least one, you know, British player present um, when it comes to the O2.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and also, just while we're on the note of the doubles, uh, Johnny O'Mara and Luke Bambridge have won the Stockholm tournament today. Um, so that's their second ATP title of the yeah. year. And they defeated and, the Skupskys uh, yeah, in the really, semi finals. Right. Yeah, in the semis, yeah, all British semi. It's a really, really great year for them. But interestingly, they have kind of said that they're not actually going to be playing consistently together. So I think next week they're actually playing with other partners and they've drawn each other in the first round.
0: Really interesting. I
1: think so. So it's a bit, I don't know. I think, I don't know if it's a good thing, like, you know, to get different experiences with other players. And uh, maybe they don't want to, like, settle down. It's like a relationship, isn't it? But um, they don't want to sort of settle down and just stick with each other, even though they obviously have been very successful together. Mm. Um yeah. so yeah. And then the moving on,
0: on moving on to the women's side, again, had some very good success stories over the last couple of weeks. Um, let's start with Katie Balter, who has moved into the top hundred top one hundred.
1: Yes, well done Katie. So she um did very well at Shanjin. She beat the world number forty two Maria Sakari, uh, which is her best ever sort of win against the highest highest ranked players she's ever won against. Um, and then she reached the quarterfinals in total, and eventually lost to mm. Um But yeah, so she's now world number ninety-six as a result of doing so well there. Um, you, so that's a real positive way mm. for her to kind of finish the season.
0: Do you know? I looked at I looked on the internet on like players younger than Balta in the top one hundred in the WTA, and it mm. is amazing how young people are able to breakthrough on the women's side compared to the men's side because you know if you said to me 22 year old player breaks into the top 100 -100 on the men's side you know that is that is very 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 eye-catching now I'm not you know I'm not obviously saying anything against Bolton's achievement but getting into the top 100 great but you've got so many young players out there you know you forget like Osaka is only like I think she's only, like, 21, 22. You know, Ostapenko's already won a Grand Slam and she's, you know, still still know, very young. And um... Well,
1: she won her Slam when she was, yeah, 20. I know, it's... It's it it's crazy. Kind of <laughs> shocking, isn't it? And a lot of the names, they've been around for quite a few years, so you just think they're older than they <laughs> actually are. And you're like, oh, you're only, like, 21, like, you're a baby still. Um, I mean, I just can't even imagine doing anything like what they're doing at that age, so... <laughs> But, it's astonishing. Yeah.
0: but I guess a question I would ask you, Kim, is how, how high do you think uh, Katie Balter could go? Do you think mm-hmm. she's top 50? Top,
1: top 20? I think top 50. Yeah, I think top 50. Um, I don't know if I've seen enough of her play. I think, you know, she needs to consistently be playing against yeah, higher ranked players to really see what she's made of. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I certainly think top 50 would be achievable. Um, I think we shouldn't think too much further than that at the moment. Um, but, yeah, we will we will see what, what's... Uh, I mean, I don't know much about Maria Sakari. That's, you know, she's world number 42. I have seen a bit of mm. her play. But, um, no, the fact that she just made a run to get to the quarters is great. So Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and I wonder and whether,
0: also, you know, I wonder whether also, like, if there's... If it might create some competition with Conta for the... Some healthy competition exactly. with Conta yeah. for, like... British women's number one.
1: Um, yeah, because so... come to Yeah, she's has gone down to, like, 45 in the rankings. So, um, you know, she'll be, she doesn't want to drop any lower. She won't be n- number one in Britain anymore. Although, moving on to Conta, yeah, she actually has had, like, the best week of the season <laughs> by reaching the semis of Moscow. Um, so she lost out to Kazakhina in straight sets in the semis. But on the way there, she beat Elise Mertens, number sixteen world. Yeah. Uh, Gavrilov number 38 in the world and then Sasnovich number 31 in the world which are all players she should be beating and is quite capable of beating um, so yeah great week for Joe. I just um, hopefully I mean basically um, she sacked her coach didn't she so I'm thinking yeah. that might have something to do with the fact that she's just had a good week.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, good, good result, good result there again. Similar to kind of the Bouchard situation, it's, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit like, oh, I wish she, I wish there was, I wish we weren't at the end of the season, um, but obviously she, she needs to go away now, and yeah, she, uh, we'll talk about it a bit more in in Gossip yeah. Alley, but yeah, she's uh, sacked off her coach, um, so she needs to obviously make a decision there on on who to take forward. She's trialling She's trialing someone new at the moment. Uh, I'm not sure what his name is, but, um, yeah, it will be interesting to see, you know, that will be something she needs to figure out before she takes the next step.
1: Yeah, but hopefully, I mean, I'm hoping she can kind of be back up to where where she was playing at, you know, her high standard for Australia because, obviously, we know that she performs really well, usually, or has done in the past, Um you know on the courts at a o so that'd be so good to see her mm. doing really well there again um going down a bit to the futures kind of level yeah we had jack Draper mm. um so he's only sixteen he reached the twenty eighteen Wimbledon boys final for those of you who may not have heard of jack Draper um and he's what, he's one of three futures trying to win a titles in a row hasn't he mm. um so he won the Lagos tournament. Um,
0: Do you know where Lagos is, uh, Kim? Yes,
1: I know it's the capital of Nigeria. <laughs> but would just you be testing. able to point it out on a map?
0: <laughs> uh, Kim, of course I could. Oh, sure. sure, just
1: just like you can with this beaker. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So he, uh, yeah, he battled back down from a set down in the final, of the Lagos tournament to win that. So he's just had a really great run of form. I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, if he can keep this going and how long for.
0: Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, his how, you know, how much he can progress fu- uh more, and you know, working, you know, working his way up from futures level to, you know, the you know eventually the ATP ATP circuit. Um, mm-hmm. and I wonder whether if is he going to get involved in in Davis Cup. You know, even just to kind of go along and get that kind of yeah. experience. Um, just to kind of give him that, um, or that mindset, that mentality, um, and also get him noticed by you know the British public. Because I know that yeah. we, you know, we talk we talk about him as if like you know he was obviously could be the next big thing for British tennis, but he's still obviously very um, on. He's he's not in the you know he's not on the back pages of. The, he's not the a household page. name. He's yeah, not a household he? name yeah. at the moment, is he?
1: But no, he could be. But he will be soon. <laughs> He will be soon. And he's got quite a good, you know, yeah, he's quite an exciting player to watch. So, yeah, um, I look very much forward to seeing what he can do. Mm. Um, yeah, it's been a good two weeks for the Brits.
0: Yeah, um, on court, definitely. And um, speaking of futures events, Kim, we're now going to go on to my favourite oh. segment of the podcast called scoreboard Stories. And again, I've delved into my ITF live scores app um, and found a great I found a great match in Portugal at the SBA Tennis Open between uh, the third seed Thiago Cacao versus Peter Goldsteiner and the result was a 7-6 3-6 7-6 win for uh Cacao and uh, Kim, do you know how long this match took? Best of three set match. You know, typically normally go, you know, maybe two, two and a half hours.
1: Um. Oh, gosh. Well, it can't be as long as Isna Mahoo, can it? So... Or can it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, oh, five hours. I don't know. Three so hours it, went, it went
0: on. It went on for four hours and 24 minutes. The first set was 110 points. Uh, which took one hour, 50 minutes alone. And I think what's the most amazing um, fa- fact about this this match is um, I looked at the tournament. It's not even on a clay court. It's on a hard court. Oh. It's, do you know what I mean? Like, I thought, you know. <laughs> is it indoors?
1: Um, it must be indoors
0: not sure if it year. was indoors, but yeah. Uh, yeah, on a hard court, four and a half hour match. I think that's pretty damn impressive.
1: I wonder how many of the crowd actually like <laughs> lasted beyond that first set cuz <laughs> I mean even if there was many people there I I don't know. I would love to know if anyone <laughs> stuck with it. But who actually won in the end?
0: It was Kakao Kakao uh, well, won the match. Name. But he didn't win he like, didn't go on to win the tournament but uh yeah he uh yeah he outlasted an absolute an absolute marathon um on the ITF futures level. So uh Good on him for making scoreboard stories this week.
1: He <laughs> <laughs> should have a badge of honour for getting it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Scoreboard yeah. stories, hall of fame.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> so... Right, so
1: let's talk about what's been going on in other news uh, in tennis. So Wimbledon have had a few things that they have announced. Some
0: very interesting developments. Uh, yeah, in... where should we start? <laughs> well, I I actually think the like i always think the bigger news is the one that's not being reported as much um okay. the two big obviously the big, the two big stories are they've come out and said um that from the championships next year there will be a match tiebreak in the final set um and for everyone who's kind of not aware of the situation uh, basically isner played anderson um in in the tournament in the summer and it took forever and ever and people were like this needs to stop (laughs) because it kind of almost ruined the it kind of almost ruined the men's final
1: Mm. yeah it it did kind of ruin the final I I do concede that I just I don't know I'm just not really that happy with this decision I just think Wimbledon have like caved to the pressure of I don't know, commentators, journalists, fans. And Wimbledon are normally so reluctant to change their rules. I was so shocked that they actually did. Um, especially when the Australian Open and the French Open, they don't have last set tie breaks, do they? Um, I mean, OK, well, actually, we should clarify that this this rule is that they're going to have a tiebreak at a 12-all yeah. in the fifth. So they've kind of just decided on this, like, arbitrary 12-all. I mean why 12 why, all? why not 10
0: or why not that that for me is i mean 14-0. for me that is the big question um i yeah. tweeted about it earlier earlier this week on the the passing shots account and i said you know i don't think it's a controversial decision to incorporate final you know a final mm. set tiebreak. break um but at 12 all um that's another you know if you get to six it's, all that's another yeah. still that's still that's another set of tennis um, it is. And
1: it's like if they were doing it at six or it would be the same as the US Open. So it'd be quite consistent. And then maybe the AO and the French Open would follow suit. Exactly. and It would be consistent across all four. I, but 12-0 is just such a random...
0: I, I just wonder... I just think it's
1: out of character of Wimbledon
0: Yeah, <laughs> to do I, that. I kind of was hoping that, you know, I think in my head, I think I'm getting around to the idea that I would like some sort of consistency in terms of the fifth set across all the Grand Slams. Um, yep. And I just wondered whether you know did Wimbledon choose twelve all to make it you know unique to
1: mm.
0: unique to Wimbledon. I, d- I don't know, but um...
1: yeah, maybe. I guess we're not going to see it like happen all that much because I mean this year, yeah, we had some very long matches, but it was kind of a rarity. Like they don't happen all the time, so that's why I personally wouldn't have done anything to change the rules because I don't think it happens enough to warrant yeah. the change. And I'm also under the opinion that, you know, if you want to win the damn match, you've got to step up and, like, you know, go that extra mile to to not let it go on till frigging Mm -hmm. 14 all in the fifth set. Like, it's just, it seems, you know, we get these two massive servers and maybe they're not the best returners in the game. And, you know, they win their service game so easily. And it's just like, I don't know, I just feel like players shouldn't let it get to that stage. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but... I just kind of, you know, get a bit annoyed. I'm like, I feel like it should be down to them to like, to earn it, and they should be able to do that at a more like sensible time in the match.
0: Yeah, and and um, yeah, I, I I completely agree. But you know, I'm 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 going to be there, Kim, front and centre when it's John Isner <laughs> versus Kevin Anderson, fourth round. I can see it already. Just bring me that. Who's going to be you know first twelve wall match? Um, in the fifth set it's got to involve John Isner surely surely the money's it has there
1: to. they basically changed the rule because of John Isner's <laughs> long matches I mean um, I mean interestingly are they doing this in the doubles as well because I think you probably have more mm. long doubles matches every championships than you do long singles yeah
0: I, I, I don't know but yeah that is another I, good question like is there yeah. a statistical reason for 12 all like you know, of mm. fifth set matches, how many actually go past 12-all, you know, all these sorts of things. But
1: Maybe they did like a survey monkey on all the players <laughs> and said, what would you like it to be? <laughs> um And I guess for the women as well, are they having something at the end of the third set or is it just in the men's tournament? Yeah, well, we'll see. Like,
0: we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it gets put in practice next summer. But for now, yeah, they've kind of come out yeah, and said 12-all, fifth set. Let's 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 take it from there. Um, but the the other big kind of development, and I think this went under the radar a little bit, is um, the ongoing kind of expansion plans for the All England Club, who run the Wimbledon tournament. Now, um, there's basically there's Wimbledon Golf Club, um, and they have loads of land, and the All England Club have over the years basically been like, we want that land. And they've offered, they offered, um, they offered Wimbledon Golf Club something in the region of like 60 million pounds. I think it was like 64 million, um, 64 million offer to the club for the land. And this would equate to each member receiving 85,000 pounds. So they went to the club with that offer and said, we're, you know, this is a final offer. Take it or leave it, um, and they went to a vote, and the golf club voted in favour um, of selling their land to the All England Club.
1: I wonder how much members of that golf club like pay to be a member because are they each going to get eighty five thousand? Yeah, that's, Cause that's. I'd be like, yeah, totally down for that. <laughs> Although it's probably it's probably nothing to people who go to Wimbledon Golf Club. Um, but yeah, so what do you think Wimbledon are going to do with that land? Well, are that's they, the going
0: to... that's the interesting question because you know, I'm obviously it's not going to affect the tournament, you know, in the immediate future. Um, but you know, once it kind of gets starts get, you know, the ball, the ball is rolling, and they yeah think about what it is. Um, you know, is it new tennis courts, hotel? Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm not maybe sure. they
1: could have um, a hotel for all of the Wimbledon Q fans <laughs> and then we won't have to camp. Although, no, that would totally ruin the camping experience <laughs> um, as if Wimbledon would be as generous. Um, yeah, maybe they'll um, move the practice courts over there or, I don't know, create a better facility for the players or have like a fan space like they do at AO where they have like the concert kind of area kind of to the side. I don't know because it's still residential isn't it around there so they wouldn't want to be doing anything out of character with kind of the council and the policies that they have to yeah. abide by
0: but hopefully so we
1: shall see yeah we shall see. we'll
0: we'll we'll see but hopefully it benefits the spectator and the spectator experience of when they go to Wimbledon and you know for me if that is more land and that means more tickets and more you know ground passes can become available then you know obviously I'm, I'm all for it
1: yeah, it seems Wimbledon are, you know, what with this uh, decision, you know, for the 12 final set tiebreak break, they are definitely trying to modernise and kind of get more of the time. So if this is all part of that plan, then yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it develops. In 10 years' time, you know, we might be seeing a completely different tournament. Mm-hmm. We will see. Um, um,
0: yeah, and then moving on to uh, coaching news. So we already touched upon uh, Conta has decided to been off her coach um who uh who she picked up after um what was uh, do you know i can't, can't have uh, the name escapes me of her coach but
1: win for set
0: is it when was that oh, no, that was no that's the one coach. that she used yeah. to work
1: with yeah uh the one that she just had michael joyce wasn't it was that was that her most recent coach michael joyce or was that Oh, I forget. She said so. She's had like four coaches in the last two years, I think. Um, so it's been a bit up and down. Yeah. Um, and the, yeah. So.
0: And the news that she. Yes. Yeah,
1: so she appointed Michael Joyce last year in December. Okay. Uh, and then yes, yeah, she she has just sacked him. He is the one. She's just. Sacked him, so. Yeah. She's been with him for a year.
0: And. And that has come out at the same time as her former coach before Michael Joyce, uh, Wim Fissett, um has, uh, well, her, him and Angelique Kerber have agreed to part ways as well. Mm. Which is... Which is an
1: interesting decision. Yeah, Kerber's because Kerber's had a... Kerber, you know, she won Wimbledon. She's not done too great since then. but Yeah, still quite Maybe quite there's surprising. something going on <laughs> that we don't know. I mean, do you think, are you kind of thinking... Conta and Wim Fissette should get back together, seeing as Conte was I mean, the most successful under
0: her. I mean, Fissette yeah. is a very good coach, and his yeah. his um, coaching credentials on CV look, you know, really good. He's got a crazy good record against uh, with for players against Serena Williams. Um, so I was almost like joking with one of my friends about um, Serena Williams should just buy his services and doesn't even have to use him, <laughs> but just uh, so she does, so doesn't have to face any of um, you know his uh, his players on the other yeah. side of the net. Um, but that's
1: uh, true. Yeah. we'll see what's uh, you know. I mean, someone will try and grab him up, I suppose, because yeah, he's he's coached some pretty pretty good players and had a lot of success.
0: Yeah, so he's coached uh, Lizicki, Halep, and Conta, and I think he's coached all of them.
1: Azarenka as well. Oh, and
0: Azarenka as well. So yeah. and
1: Clysters, yeah. I think originally he was with Kim Clysters because he's Belgian, isn't he? So,
0: so he's going to be a hot, well, hot commodity. Mm. It'll be interesting, yeah, to see who snaps him up. Whether you know, it, it could be konta I don't, you know, I don't know, um, but I'm sure we'll we'll get to the bottom of that before uh, you know the start of next season. Um, I think you know these obviously things find a way of getting out on social media so um yeah mm. we'll keep you we'll keep all of our listeners posted with um the latest kind of coaching uh developments um absolutely so yeah I think that just about covers it for Gossip Alley um I yeah. think the the one final thing I just wanted to tell you Kim was what did you make of Grim, Grigor Dimitrov's haircut new haircut oh <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, d- I don't really like it to be honest <laughs> with you. It makes him look about forty-five.
0: <laughs> yeah, not 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 his strongest look, I don't think. Um, no, although
1: I think he's got you know more other things to worry about with you know what, what he's doing on the tennis court. To be honest, and um, then maybe his hair. Maybe he thinks this haircut is going to help him regain his lost form. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh yeah. yeah anyway if anyone's if anyone's interested um to have a look at um Griggle's new haircut it's all over on Instagram and and on Twitter as well um it's very it's yeah it's i mean one word I descri- would use it to describe it uh thinning
1: yeah is he doing a raffer and just like going bald on the top of his head <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> Without um, stress yeah, so um, I think I mean that that just about covers it for me on Gossip Alley. Uh, Kim, did you have any other any other comments?
1: Um, no, just um, I've just saw on Twitter quite recently that Annika Beck, who um, is a German tennis player, has announced her retirement. Um, she's only twenty four years old, oh, but she has retired from professional tennis.
0: Do you know if that um, was that due to injury or?
1: I think yeah, I think so, but I think she's been studying and really has been enjoying that and she wants to go and do other things but yeah I think she's been plagued with injuries um at least I think that's probably the main reason why anyone would retire at that age um but she won two singles titles and one doubles title so um do you know how high her, her highest singles ranking was Forty-seven.
0: Nine
1: oh close 37 oh oh, yeah (laughs) she's sort of one of those players you just used to see in the draw quite a lot but never really set the world alight but Mm -hmm. yeah hopefully she'll have a a nice post-tennis career um but yeah that was that was it from me really that was just something i has been announced today cool
0: um so right so i think um yeah so i think that that just about wraps it up for this episode of the passing shot um We will be back next time to talk about the WTA finals in Singapore and also um, on the men's side, also looking at the Paris Masters as well. So, Uh uh, yeah, if remember to uh, like, uh, listen and subscribe to us and all of the podcasting platforms out there. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, Just search The Passing Shot um, and also remember to follow us on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter uh, at the Passing Shots and on Instagram and Facebook as well. Uh, yes,
1: please do um, share and subscribe and rate us. <laughs> we do appreciate all of your support.
0: Yeah, we really, we really appreciate all of our all of our listeners and um, bring come on this kind of t- journey, bringing tennis to the fans. And um, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll be back next time with more passing shot goodness. But for now, it's goodbye from me.